Forget about the curveball, Ricky. Give him a heater. Welcome to the Heater Podcast. I'm Dan Lewig. He's Corey Peeper. As we come back after a small break for NFL draft coverage, we are back to covering the the baseball diamond and uh, revisiting after we're almost one month in as the the calendar turns to May. Uh, it, it becomes a little bit more of a challenge of those that are saying, well, you know, it's the shortened spring training. Uh, just waiting for this. Like the excuses that are there, sometimes legitimate, it becomes harder to believe in them uh, as we hit a new month uh, with players and teams that need to kick it into gear that maybe haven't, or those that have been, gotten off to surprising starts, uh, there's definitely a lot to talk about in baseball's first month as we turn our calendar to the, the month of May. We are going to have some fun with a deal or no deal on initial players, teams, storylines of things that we're buying and not buying. Uh, to start the Major League Baseball season, we'll have that in an AL and NL format. Uh, but before we get there, the Heater Podcast is brought to you by River Creek Popcorn for all of your snacking needs. For baseball games and movies of choice, uh, come hungry, leave happy. Uh, it is also time for, as you know, we get from spring training into the beginning of the year, you have uh, pitchers that are trying new pitches, trying new things. So you have a new skill is there. Uh, and then from a, a fantasy perspective, you're definitely looking at which ones are, are you buying or believing in and trying to get a guy uh, on the rise. So after going to the uh, to the lab and coming up with something new, uh, you look for uh, for those things. That is also happening at the Popcorn Wagon as we have uh, some specials that are coming up here. The first one rolling out of the out of the Peeper Laboratory uh, is, uh, is a delicious one. Why don't you tell us about it? Yeah, I, I had some time to, to work on some stuff lately, and so along with the cheese corn, the caramel corn, the kettle corn, and the buttered popcorn, I said, well, it's time. People have people ask for all sorts of weird stuff there, but I, I'm not doing anything ridiculously crazy yet. I'm willing to try maple syrup popcorn, so I mixed some maple syrup with some vanilla, a little bit of a classic recipe there, and uh, can't give away all my secrets, but put it in with the popcorn, mixed it up, brought some over to you. Everybody who's tried it yet, I've even... I don't know, Amanda might have tried it by now, but I've given about four or five people a sample, and everybody who's tried it has said they liked it. It's the 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 marvelous maple, marvelous maple syrup popcorn. I yeah. like it, marvelous maple popcorn. So it is. We only have one size bags right now. I don't know if we'll ever do a smaller size on that. We'll probably only keep it to the to the gallon bags, and we're going to charge eight fifty for a gallon bag. I have about ten to start with, so if you want one this weekend. We're open Friday, Saturday, Limited Sunday. Limited edition. Yeah, you got to get out there early because I don't have a whole lot. I'll I'll make more if it's popular. So come try it. Again, when you had uh, had a chance to be the uh, the taste tester, and it's always a role I embrace. So I, I'm glad to have that opportunity for this one. Uh, and when you think of uh, anything with maple, or you get into some of the sweeter stuff, I think always the challenge is uh, it, it tends towards the too sweet. Uh, in uh, and trying for things or stuff where you can have a couple of bites or something within it, but then like that's that's enough. That's all you can can do before you end up with gut rot or questioning life choices. You know all those types of things. But uh, this one, I, I loved it for being not too sweet. It was just sweet enough for it. But you can uh, keep reaching back into the bag, which is always a dangerous thing. But it's because <laughs> uh, then you look down and the bag is gone, uh, and that's uh, where we are with with the with this sample. So again, uh, to use the the baseball uh, terminology, hit this one out of the park. So. I expect this to be part of the limited edition collection at Ooh, the River Creek Pop. Get like a punch card, yeah. not not of like the typical. We have punch cards for the regular popcorn. I could have like a. I've tried all of these punch card. Yeah. <laughs> we'll think I about like it. it. We've uh, we've talked about. Using, I've I've been uh, uh, doing the stumping uh, uh, campaign uh, stump speech for uh, having uh, the heater. Mm. Uh, so uh, perhaps uh, that. Uh, uh, might be a, a possibility for the, the next round of limited edition when that uh, comes out. Uh, but you were talking about a, a bacon jalapeno uh, uh, combination there. I have a recipe now. I have a recipe. I got to I don't let the maple syrup one play out for a couple of weeks here before I start experimenting with the next one. But you never know, by the middle of summer, bacon jalapeno could be on the list. All I know is you had me at bacon. Uh, and that one will have, uh, uh, we've already had an idea for that, but uh, I would be helping with a uh, uh, 
a sticker to go onto uh, the, the bags for that. That would have the, the heater logo uh, for that. That one we already have a name for. Uh, that would work very well. We'll so, get a QR uh, code or something. Coming Ooh. to the popcorn wagon Digital. near you. Here we go. <laughs> So uh, let's uh, let's dive into this as we uh, look at uh, the the baseball season. We've had a few weeks now. We've gotten past the uh, just the the opening day uh, ramifications. We've had what about three four turns? I should say four turns in the uh, uh, rotations uh, as far as guys getting a chance to get fully in. Uh, and uh, now we're looking at early season storylines from players, teams, and, and everything collected uh, together. Uh, we have put together a deal or no deal where I was uh, assigned the uh, AL, uh, Corey was assigned the NL, and we're going to ask the, each other uh, picks on that. What are you, uh, uh, deal or no deal, on these different players, uh, storylines, teams, etc.? And we have not heard the questions uh, ahead of time, so we will give you our natural uh, gut reaction to everything that is there. And I, I think we need... Uh, oh, we need a little mood music to, it to get us going. Let's see if I can remember which button it is now. <laughs> Deal or no deal, baseball style, American League. Uh, we are going to kick this off. I'll ask questions to to Corey here. And the first one is, deal or no deal, Jordan Alvarez for MVP. Uh, here is a guy that has been uh, hitting it off. Uh, and we think of typically the two-person uh, race from last year, from Shohei Otani to Vlad Jr. Uh, here is a guy that is uh, in, in a month where there's been the least amount of power in a very long time in Major League Baseball, that is not a problem uh, for Jordan Alvarez, who is now up to seven home runs in his first 65 at bats. Uh, right now, it just you know every hit or miss fluctuates too much with the average, but a a 262 average, 360 on base percentage, 975 OPS. Uh, is Jordan Alvarez? Uh, an MVP candidate or an overlooked MVP candidate? Are you buying him as an MVP candidate, deal or no deal? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll buy that one. Jordan Alvarez, the only question I ever have with Jordan Alvarez is how long is his massive six foot five, 240 pound hulking frame going to last? He's already had knee injuries, but when he plays, he hits. I, while you were talking there, once you mentioned his name, I pulled up the stat cast. 100th percentile hard hit rate. 99th percentile x but 98th percentile. Like, it is 98 to 99 percentile and everything because he hits the ball so hard. And while he's at seven home runs right now, he's doing it with a 262 average, but he has a 217 Babbitt, and he's still managing a 262, which today's day and age, 262 is killing it. Like, that's already good. So if he gets that Babbitt back up to... 250, 280, like, I know he's, he's always going to roll a lower BABIP because of the fact he launches everything up into the air, but he has a ton of power. He plays in a pretty small park in Houston where it plays up for him. Yeah, I, I'm i not willing to say that he's going to win it with Otani there, and Trout looks awesome. Like, Mike Trout looks like what Jordan Welcome Alvarez back. is trying to do, like what Jordan Alvarez could be, and, you know, Vlad's still there, right? So there's good options, but I don't know if we've ever mentioned Jordan Alvarez as an MVP candidate because he needs to be in the in, in the, he certainly in the conversation needs, yes. now. I think I would that's, say that. Yep, I will absolutely buy that. He is absolutely always for the next. I said as long as his knees hold out, he could do this for six, seven, eight years and be consistently a He's such a pure hitter. Forty home run, like two eighty yeah. hitter. Yeah, I I love that option. That was a good one, dude. Let's let's stick with the AL West uh, again. We have. Uh, uh, teams that were expected, uh, and then teams maybe that uh, not. Uh, as far as you look at the the records right now, if you're looking at who's on top of the AL West, it is the Los Angeles Angels with a 15 and nine record. Uh, they have a plus 18 run differential. Uh, they have the I'm just looking back on it. The most runs scored. Their offense is out humming, uh, and more interestingly enough, their pitching has been solid uh, to start out the year. Their expected win-loss uh, record is only one game off, so they're not fluky. Instead of 15-9, and it'll be 14-10. and 10. Uh, They have done well at home and uh, away. Uh, they are, still have a winning record versus teams with a better than 500 record. Uh, there are a lot of things to like about the, the Angels, especially on that uh, AL 
leading offense. You have a offense that is now being driven by Mike Trout, which you'd expect, by Shohei Hotani, which you would expect, and Taylor Ward, who has been the first-month sensation uh, for them. That You have six home runs for Mike Trout. You have five for Taylor Ward, four for Shohei Hotani. Uh, that is quite the offensive three, four, five, or top three hitters uh, on a team. So my question is, deal or no deal, the Angels as a playoff team? I picked the Angels. Flashback three weeks, I had them as a wild card team. So yeah, I I buy this. Uh, look, I didn't know that their offense. I thought it would be good. I didn't think it'd be this good. You mentioned the, the guys, right? Taylor Ward's been incredible for this team. He's hitting three ninety right now, and Brandon Marsh has been great. Brandon Marsh quietly has 15 RBIs because someone's got to clean it up. And when offense is around, offense is down around baseball, it's the Taylor Wards and Brandon Marshes and Tyler Wade plays good for them. hitting 286, right? It's, it's the smaller guys. And if Anthony Rendon ever does figure it out, get back to his being what I think Anthony Rendon can do. It's, this is a team that could score a lot of runs. You mentioned the pitching, right? That that's the thing that we didn't know, right? That's always the question out here was where's the pitching going to go? Patrick Sandoval looks like a 25-year-old budding ace, and he looked like that last year until he got hurt, so he's got to hope he stays healthy. They're gonna Michael keep... Lorenzen. I said, Lorenzen is always question. Lorenzen is someone who kind of is like light Shohei Otani, right? He always wanted to bat a little bit with Cincinnati, which you could have, he could do, and has been a good fit out there. I'm kind of surprised that the strikeouts are a little bit down from what we've seen Lorenzen in the past, but... They're rolling. They're going to keep that six-man rotation thing going because it limits Syndergaard's innings, right? Syndergaard has looked pretty good in a way that we've never seen him pitch before, where he's not throwing nearly as hard, but he's limiting earned he's runs, pitching. right? He's pitching, yeah. So that's working. At Otani, you're going to limit the innings. You don't want to throw him a ton of innings. Reed Detmers is 21, 22 years old. He's very young. So once again, you got to limit all these guys' innings and. Remember, they invested in the Their bullpen. bullpen. You said it. You call. I mean, we've, we mentioned this, right? They invested in the bullpen. So you get to the sixth, seventh inning with the lead. You roll out Aaron Loop, Ryan Tapera, and Raziel Iglesias, and it's a good team. It is a very good team. I, I was buying in before the season started, and I don't know if they'll hold off the the Astros all season say, or whatever. If we, if we want to make it more interesting, the, the deal or no deal would be buying them as a division uh, contender. So what, what are the Astros at right now? I don't have it up in front of me. Astros are at, as I'm trying to pull that up here real quick, uh, they are 12 and 11. So three back, is that right? Three two and a half. Two yep. and a half, three back. Um, it could be a lot like the Padres and the Dodgers last year where the Angels get off to a quick lead. I think the Astros aren't going anywhere. That They will slowly chip away at that lead, and eventually they're going to have to play. I don't know if they've played a lot of games against each other. It will happen, obviously. They'll play 20 games against each other. I think... The Astros are still a better team than the Angels. I will say that. And they need the rest of their starting pitching to come around. Justin Verlander has been uh, incredible it. coming right back out of the gate, but the rest of that group is not there yet. Framber Valdez has had some uh, uh, control issues that have been there. Lance McCullers is out. I, I think overall they don't, they're not at full strength from a rotation standpoint, and that needs to change uh, for their ceiling uh, to be what it's been. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Yeah, I, it's going to be close. And. You know, the Mariners are still they're twelve and eleven right now too. They've got Seattle is twelve and eleven as you said there, yeah. and uh, uh, plus seventeen on the yeah. run differential. So they're expected to win losses thirteen and ten. And they have they've been doing it with like very little. Mitch Haniger's hurt; he's out for six weeks again. You know, you get him back. Kyle Lewis is working his way back here, and they, they have pitching to come. Like George Kirby's not there yet. Emerson Hancock's not there yet. So they have options coming too. We talked about the AL West being close, but I think it could be like the NL West close next year where there could be a three-team race as Mariners, Angels, and Astros. Well, this leads to the uh, the next one here as we look at uh, the uh, look at the AL Central, uh, and we have seen a team that uh, had a lot of expectations that has bottomed out to begin the year. There was already at least a seven-game losing streak, longest losing streak to start the season for any team in, in Major League Baseball. Uh, and there's some some flashy ceiling guys, but the depth hasn't been there. There's been some struggles offensively, defensively. The Chicago White Sox have not been what has been anticipated, especially when you consider this is a predominant veteran team 
Uh, this would make sense more if you have a young team that's still trying to put it together. This is your tried and true, your, your proven guys uh, that so far there's no proof this year. Uh, are you, uh, I'll ask it this way, it's more of an open-ended uh, deal or no deal. Who are you buying in the AL Central? It's still the White Sox, but it's not as confident as I was a month ago, right? They've had some rough injuries. Robert's missed time already. He's back. Eloy Jimenez tore his hamstring. He hurt himself pretty bad. He is out for a while. That hurts, right? You don't replace a batter like Eloy Jimenez very easily. A.J. Pollock, who's perennially injured, has already missed some time. I think he went on the 10-day IL. He is back now, but Yasmani Grandal is bouncing around between DH and catcher. So there are certainly chinks in the armor out here. Now, the big chink is still the fact that Tony Larusa is the manager of the White Sox. And it's, okay, why are we playing Jake Berger at third base? You try to, you sign Josh Harrison, play Josh Harrison at third, right? Larry Garcia, we, I talked about this, I think, on one of our last podcasts. Why is Larry Garcia batting in the three-hole for this team? You have all-stars galore. Why is Yasmany Grandal batting sixth? Tony Larusa, just play your best you, players. You mean there's uh, managerial questions uh, with uh, uh, questions on decisions from uh, from uh, from our illustrious uh, manager? I know Tony Larusa, you're a Hall of Fame manager. Congratulations for that. But man, you are so behind the times, dude. I don't know what's going on. Here's one thing I'll say: I, Corey's prediction of AL Cy Young winner Dylan Cease looks Ooh. awesome. Corey's prediction uh, and Carlos Mike Rodon, Trout not once, not, not twice. twice. Three times. He looks so good right now. 39 strikeouts to 10 walks. Loving Dylan Cease and Carlos Rodon is the picks right now. But they have big chinks in this armor that didn't seem to be there a while ago. Whether that's Lance Lynn has been hurt, right? They've had a lot of injuries early on in the season. So get Lance Lynn back. Lucas Giolito missed time. Put them together with Dylan Cease. Luis Robert is getting healthy. You just you just tread this, water until Eloy gets back. And, and that's it. This team needs just one month where they're firing on all cylinders and they will take off like a rocket. Now that's the, they have the elite talent that you want. It's just not all coming together right now. So, so how that's, many games that's back? Part. Minnesota leading the division, right? Fourteen and nine. Uh, nine of their last ten, uh, plus twenty four, second best in the uh, American League uh, for a run differential. Uh, they have been the, one of the surprises uh, to start the gate. Their pitching has been the surprise. So young Ryan, pitching. Looks like an ace, future ace here. That's that one looks awesome. Dylan Bundy looks like the Dylan Bundy from two years ago, where he's actually limiting the walks again. Now I think that's smoke and mirrors all day, every day. I don't buy that one. Uh, Paddock, they look like they've kind of fixed Chris Paddock a little bit, where he also is limiting the walks, and that's always been an issue with him is limit the walks. And Bailey Ober got hurt. Sonny Gray's been hurt. So Minnesota quietly, and I. I was not a Minnesota guy. I I said I think they're more like in the rebuild, but some of these young pitchers I, they seem to be doing something a little different up there, and and it might be a little longer than I thought. Now I said once again last year at this time I was talking about how great Kansas City was, and that fell off the charts. So I'm not ready to say Minnesota's winning this all, but it's been better than I thought it would be. Well, let's talk about another team that's been uh, on a hot streak, a heater, if you will, going into the AL East, the uh, slugging Yankees. Uh, have now gotten themselves to a 10-game winning streak. Uh, they are now at a, I want to believe it's not just AL, but I believe a full MLB best record of 17-6 and six to start the year. There's a 109 runs scored, which is the third best in the uh, MLB, second best in the AL. Toronto? Uh, uh, surprisingly, one? no. Uh, they're actually only at 94. Ooh. Uh, so the the oh, Yankees, Angels. the Angels yes. have the most. Yeah, duh. yes. Do the, those two were were uh, uh, going off here, uh, and again a plus forty two run differential. Uh, are you buying the Yankees as being uh, again? We other teams are being talked about. I mean, the Yankees are always talked about, but are you actually uh, buying them uh, as a legitimate threat in the AL? Well. The same questions always last with the Yankees. Health, right? Right now, I'm talking about the White Sox have injuries to all sorts of players. Well, the Yankees right now, Aaron Judge is healthy. Jim Carl Stanton's healthy. Josh Donaldson's still healthy. Like that's that's a good sign. Garrett Cole, after we talked about him, has looked great the last couple of games. He's went I think 13, 14 innings without giving up an earned run and struck out 15. So he looks 
back. That's that's good. It's pitching and it's health because Garrett Cole looks good. Luis Severino, after missing all of last year, looks pretty much like the Luis Severino from it would be three years ago now, I guess, two years ago, whatever it was. He's back to mid threes ERA, and Jordan Montgomery's pitching pretty well. So the pitching looks good, and they found some pretty good bullpen guys. Jonathan Luizaga is still there, and Chad Green, and Michael King out of like nowhere looks awesome. It's this Aaron Ashby middle reliever who can eat three innings and strike eight guys out. So the bullpen, the pitching looks good. The bullpen definitely looks good. Uh, that's uh, that's at a different level right now. But I'm going to give you this uh, this number here: mm-hmm. twenty games uh, to uh, start the the year here. That I'm I'm pulling up the last uh, from the the month of April. Want to know who they played? <laughs> I'm sure it's not a lot of athletics in there. <laughs> Kansas City, yeah. Orioles, yeah. Cleveland, mm. Cleveland Did is you- weird. Cleveland is very streaky. But yes, continue. Detroit. I don't know. And more Orioles. I mean, that's 14 a, of 20 games. There are some bad teams right now, man. Like, like there are some bad to teams. To their credit, they finally figured yeah, you, out how to beat Baltimore. You've got to beat the bad teams, right? Like, like in their defense, you have to beat the bad teams. It's not just you get to you get a free three. So they're doing it. Uh, Jonathan, Josh Donaldson's 36, right? Aaron Hicks is 32. Janet Carlson, 32. Now Aaron Judge, 30. Anthony Rizzo, 32. Kyle Hajashioka, 32. DJ LeMahieu, 33. Like, they're old. That's, I mean, I'm 32, so I don't want to talk too much. But, but, it's the a long season. The gray beard over here says it's old. It's, it's a long season. And we know that at least four of those guys are not pillars of health. Even a little bit. So, it's fun to see them hitting now. Aaron Judge looks great. Aaron Judge looks like a low-key MVP candidate. I will say, is it good for baseball to have the Yankees doing well out yeah. of the gate uh, for hyping up the season and stuff within it? Certainly. Uh, I will call it fool's gold at this point. Still- but uh, there is a, will they be in it all year long? Most most certainly. I still think they finished likely third. I still think Toronto and Tampa Bay get ahead of them. But, yeah, and I think Boston, I think, is in are they in? They're down there with Baltimore, right? Boston's not playing very well. If I, I, I think as far as the the for the for the Yankees, what we're getting into now is everything has to break right mm-hmm. for them to reach their ceiling. You can say that's kind of a, a cop out because everything has to break right to reach a ceiling, but more so for them because now you're getting into age and durability issues, uh, and then you're dealing with again the the bullpen is solid. There's still question marks in that rotation. Uh, their offense, to be as vaulted as it is, it now needs it where everything needs to break right. I don't know if that can for a full 162 game season. They don't have hardly any depth. That's that's the problem. Is so should some of these guys get like hurt, the White Sox top heavy? Yeah. Should some of these guys get hurt? You're you're in a world of hurt. And can we talk about Joey Gallo? Like, is he done? I I think we won't know that till he goes somewhere else. I think he's done in New York. It just doesn't fit in New York because we all thought you know. They got Joey Gallo. This is perfect, right? Left-handed bat should just take advantage of the short porch. He'll hit 50 home runs there. And maybe the problem is trying to do that messes with the swing. And that's that's the only explanation at this point. Because we saw a guy who, yeah, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't a good hitter. He was going to hit 220, but he knocked 40 balls out of was not Globe Life Park, whatever Texas the, was before this. The and, other benefits allowed you to overlook a a, a bad yeah. uh, batting average. He's not this even is now not even, anymore. Yeah, He's not doing the walking. Yeah, That's what was always good, solid right? on-base percentage. He was awesome at it. it. He would, like, lead baseball in walks and hit 50 home run, 40 home runs, and you'd be like, okay, I'll settle for the 220 batting average. But now he's not walking. He has two home runs. I, I don't know what's going on with Joey Gallo. That one I don't get because if you told me he started clicking, Anthony Rizzo looks revitalized this year. Like, they still have a bunch of good players on that team. But – it's a long season. We'll see where we're at. Give it, That'll be one to look at about the All-Star break. Where are they at then? I have, uh, in true deal or no deal fashion, there's nine cases for you, uh, for you to pick here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the deal is from uh, who are you buying from the early season leaderboard? So you have uh, Anthony Rizzo, the and so all from the AL. So Anthony Rizzo, home run leader. J.P. Crawford, batting average leader. Owen Miller, on base percentage leader. Julio Rodriguez, stolen base leader. Logan Gilbert, ERA. Justin Verlander, whip. Joe Ryan, opposing batting average. Two more fun ones for team, as I have you think about that. Starting rotation, Twins, ERA. Bullpen, Tigers, ERA. 
Okay, let's take some of these slowly here. So, will Anthony Rizzo lead baseball in home runs? No, he will not lead his own team in home runs. Aaron Judge will pass him. Uh, will, for as far as AL, who leads it? Probably Jordan Alvarez is a pretty good get, a pretty good bet. Uh, Byron Buxton, if he stays healthy, looks incredible. So, I'll take one of those guys to lead it in home runs. Okay, what was next? Go slow. JP Crawford, <sighs> batting average. So, JP Crawford is has always been like, he's one of those classic. Mm, forgotten about for a few years. He was a highly regarded prospect for Philadelphia, not all that long ago, who just took a while to develop, but he's always made really good contact as far as he hits the ball well, and right now they're falling in for hits. I should, I would love to know what J.P. Crawford's BAPIP is because I feel like it's very, very high, but I don't think J.P. Crawford is a bad hitter at all. Now, would I certainly predict him to lead baseball in batting average? No, no, I would say, you know, I think Jose Ramirez is somewhere in the 350 range. I'll take Jose Ramirez and his long track record over J.P. Crawford. Tim Anderson's done it many times. Mike Trout looks great. Uh, even Wander Franco has looked pretty good. Like I'll take one of those guys I think will probably out-hit J.P. Crawford this year. Keep filling this up. I'm getting a BABIP of 388. It's not that's, over 400 at least. That's not, that's not bad, but that will drop. J.P. Crawford's a good player, though. He, he's, he's probably underappreciated for how, what he can a do for Seattle. A 228 WRC+. Plus. Uh, awesome. I gotta love oh, just wait. I got a good one gate. for you. We'll get to that. So uh, we have uh, – uh, we'll put some of these t- together. You have okay. some uh, some younger guys. There's, you have Owen Miller at OBP, Julio Rodriguez at Stolen Base. Uh, Owen Miller's had a great jump out, but I'm assuming he's Rodriguez. He's right now, too. Yeah. Uh, so Julio Ro- – okay, Owen Miller, fun story. He hits a lot – he's a lot like Ty France. He's going to hit a lot of doubles. I think he's – a pretty good player. Now, Julio Rodriguez, if you've seen Seattle play, is a massive individual in his own right. Like, Julio Rodriguez looks more Jordan Alvarez-like than a speedster. And Julio Rodriguez is going to be an absolute superstar in this game. Now, he's already leading a baseball in stolen Once bases. Once he figures it out. He's 20 years old. He has, yeah. like, uh, less than a full year in the minors. Like, he is going to be awesome at this game, where you could see like the type of skills, like 30 homers, 30 steals. Now I don't think he's going to steal that many bases forever just because he's going to hit a lot of home runs and say, stop stealing. But Julio Rodriguez is an athletic monster. Now, do I think he'll lead baseball in, in stolen bases? Probably not. They're going to tell him stop. Like, but for, here's for a better this year, comp. I say for this year, I, he, I'd buy it. He could. Your buddy Mateo is going to steal a lot because they're just going <laughs> to say whatever, just steal whatever you want. Cause I, we don't care. But I said the better comp for him is probably like Kyle Tucker, right? Kyle Tucker could mm. hit 30 homers, steal 30 bases. Julio Rodriguez could do that too. So I love Julio Rodriguez, what he's going to offer going forward. I like the the young pitchers here have more more household name, at least as far as uh, those that watch enough baseball. Uh, Logan Gilbert, ERA, Justin Verlander, whip, Joe Ryan, uh, opposing batting average. So let's talk, let's talk Logan Gilbert here. Logan Gilbert looks great, and he looks like the pitcher that we heard about coming out of the minors now. Do I think he'll lead in ERA? No, I would. Of those three, even I'd say Verlander's still most likely. He's the one who's going to pitch the most innings, right? They're going to baby Logan Gilbert going forward. Eventually, he's not going to get let's say 150 innings out of Logan Gilbert like tops. You're not going to burn out that yet. Great, he's a lefty, so you're not going to burn out that great arm going forward. But he looks really good. Joe Ryan looks like a future superstar. Uh, as good as your team is at making trades, half a season of Nelson Cruz for Joel Ryan could look really ugly in a few years. And it's uh, the the one curse the Rays have had when it comes to uh, trades is the going for it move. Uh, they didn't do it with Jason Bay back in 2008, and I think that's the one that they the biggest regret uh, that the Rays owner Stu Sternberg has is that they didn't make that trade, uh, and because that could have been the difference maker for them. I think it would have as well. Uh, they tried doing that with Nelson Cruz. Uh, and there is the one thing they need to get figured out. What's the issue with the lighting at the drop? Uh, because some people cannot hit there. Willie Adamas could not hit there. He's looking like a potential all-star uh, with, with the Brewers. That was always what he was capable of. And on the road, that's the way he hit. So now he's playing all his games on, on the road from that being his, his home, uh, home stadium. It seems as if Nelson Cruz was the same way, but... Uh, there's issues on whether or not he's going to turn it around here. It Eventually, good. father time it hits everybody. So far this year, too. Two guys I'm concerned the most about, and if I'm stealing any thunder, sorry for doing it on the NL side, but it's Nelson Cruz and Charlie Morton. Those are the two I have the biggest concerns about uh, on, on the NL that are starting to look... Uh, Charlie that, Morton that not pitching great right now, either. 
Now I'm pitching great. We're doing this. And and some of that is uh, uh, it sounds like the the peripheral stats look good for for Morton. Things that look normal to him. It isn't if he as he's lost something. Nelson Cruz looks like there could be diminished there. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's uh, that's the challenge right now. Uh, but Joe Ryan, I get into the positive as far as what the Twins got, and they did that in a couple other trades too. They have traded well for young talent that is now coming up and showing itself at the major league level and is a big part of their success, early success this year. So you said, you know, buy or sell or deal or no deal, the Twins starting pitching ERA. Well, I don't know if they'll leave baseball in ERA, but they're good. And Joe Ryan, what I do know is I will deal that Joe Ryan is going to be a very good pitcher for the next five, ten years. I think he's under contract with the Twins for like five more years. That's going to look really good for them. I don't know if he goes more than five or six innings, but it will be a dominant five or six that he pitches. And that's more of the modern uh, starter today anyways. Uh, I think we're going to be getting down to 150 is the new 200 mm-hmm. uh, for, st- for starting pitching. And uh, you're looking for an, uh, an elite 150 versus an average 200. Well, uh, and he can definitely do that. One guy I do think is going to try to make a run for 200 is Justin Verlander. Yeah, right. He's there's the oldies but goodies. He's gonna. They're not going to baby that arm on his 39 year old body, right? He's he looks amazing. I was so wrong in the offseason. I thought Justin Verlander was going to be diminished, but I said, you know, first ballot Hall of Famers can prove anybody wrong. Clayton Kershaw's doing it too. I, I had concerns. I think everybody had concerns about his shoulder. He looks like a better version of himself. And Justin Verlander is doing the same thing. He looks every bit the part. The last time we saw him, he won a Cy Young award and he's going to, he's got to catch Dylan Cease and Kevin Gaussman, but he's going to be right there at the end. I'm sure. Gaussman has also looked very good for, uh, for, 39 for Toronto. strikeouts to no walks. Ooh. Remember you were concerned, dude. I, I, I was. You, you, you flipped I, quick though. That that one has uh, he has uh, eliminated those concerns and how uh, with uh, the start there, uh, Blue Jays once again nailing a free agent acquisition uh, that they did uh, absolutely perfect last year. We'll see if it leads to playoffs this year. I have a bonus one for you. Uh, I had to at least give you one more. Are you ready for it? Sure. This is the one that's got to be more of the brain teaser. <laughs> okay. Ready for it? Okay. Ready. With back-to-back championships and another head-to-head <laughs> win, I. Uh, are you buying Dan uh, Lewig as the superior fantasy nope. league player over Corey uh, Peeper, having done it in two sports, two-time championship in fantasy football, and in our head-to-head last week, uh, I need to put it back on the fridge, uh, a 7-5 win. I would like to point out that yet again, <laughs> Dan Lewig is the luckiest fantasy player I've ever went against. So, I had him. Again, I had him. But, but... He gets, first off, he picks up Taylor Ward, which, good for you. You picked him up. My outfield, I don't know where I My best acquisitions come when I play you. I don't know where I could squeeze him in. My outfield, my problem is Josh Allison sucks right now. He needs to figure it out. And I can't get anything out of stupid. Class A has been a disappointment at relief pitcher for Cleveland. And the stupid Dodgers keep blowing everybody out, so he never gets any saves. And Andrew Kittredge, the I don't know what the Rays are doing with him. That's why I dropped him. Uh, I just had enough of the. He's never going to get enough opportunities and how they use him, uh, enough consistency because they rotate everyone there. It's a cog in the machine. He's a good cog in the machine, but as far as fantasy goes, he's not going to get enough opportunities for holds, let alone saves. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Jordan Romano and Josh Hader have 10 saves through a month. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. I did in a half of a season, like we're not even a full month. He had ten saves. I don't know how I got beat in runs scored with fourteen home runs to your seven, and you beat me in runs scored. <laughs> that drive that drove me bonkers. But yes, victory for Dan five to seven. It was irritating, but I'm still I'm going to catch you. I'm still going to beat you. I've got this one. Stay tuned for more uh, uh, Corey fantasy irritations as he faces off against me throughout the year. And stay tuned for a NL version of Deal or No Deal in just a minute. Cut my egg. Your eggs are cut, sir. Cut my milk. I can't, sir. It's liquid. Imbecile. Freeze it, then cut it. You, bring me the Wall Street Journal. You too. Fight to the death. You With your loud music and your Dan Fogelberg, your Zima hula hoops and Pac-Man video games, don't you see? 
People today have attention spans that can only be measured in nanoseconds. <laughs> be honest with you, I love his music. I do. I'm a Michael Fulton fan. Yes! That's awesome! As we come back uh, to looking at the uh, National League, uh, we have one more uh, thing to uh, to look at, or at least one more sound to get us back in the mood for some deal or no deal. What do you have for us for the National League deal or no deal? I'll let you pick. You want to go positive or negative? Because I got three positives and two negatives. Oh, let's do the negative and get those out of the way. Okay. So Cincinnati is in for a historically bad season. I went back. Worst modern records. 36 and 117 by the 1916 Phillies. That is a 235 winning percentage. You could jump up all the way to the more, even if we go more modern, 2003, Detroit. 43 and 119. Cincinnati is currently at 3 and 19. So the worst winning percentage ever, 235. They are at 136. Now, you'd say they've had injuries, and they have. Tyler Stevenson spent a week on the IL with his concussion that Luke Voigt gave him. Castillo's still not there. No Luis Castillo. Jonathan India's been hurt. Nick Lodolo's on the IL. Here's what I'll Votto say. Votto gone. Joey Votto looks so disinterested. He looks like he doesn't care at all. Votto's still there, but I think he's hitting like 130, and he looks absolutely awful out there. I'm not saying they beat those, but they're going to make a run at the worst season we've ever seen, I think. Cincinnati makes Pittsburgh look like a powerhouse. Absolutely. Uh, And they're at a negative 65 uh, run differential. They have the worst offense uh, in the National League, the uh, second worst offense in the the American League. Kansas City, get it going. Come on. Uh, But it's it's bad. Uh, And then also 132 runs. Uh, given up again. I'm scrolling up to see uh, that. Is, I thought the offense was going to be the worst by far. There's still a couple of offenses right at about that that place, but by over ten runs. Why well, is Washington has also been bad uh, pitching wise? Come on, guys, you got to get it going too. Uh, but 132 runs given up in just 22 games. Again, do the math there on that one. You're at six runs a game. That's what your pitching is giving up. The offense is bad. Uh, no doubt, but the pitching is worse. Uh, and here's the challenge, and this is what you're getting at. Where do you see the improvements coming? Uh, Luis Castillo, if he comes back healthy, okay, he's one guy. Guarantee he's gone by the mid uh, trading deadline if he looks anything decent. So as far as competing for worst record, when you get out to a 3-19 and 19 start, uh, you put yourself on, on pace for it, and when you're already demoralized by being one of the two teams that uh, traded away anything that wasn't nailed down, uh, when you already have your franchise icon disinterested after the first 25 games of the season or 22 games of the season, that's not good. Uh, and I don't think it takes a statistician to uh, to state that one. I remember when the Cubs went, what was it, 0-16 to start the year, whatever that was, that was so... And it was Part of it was fluke. Uh, with, it, just, it just happened. But once you get to that level, it rarely ever happens that you get out of the historically bad category. You tend to stay there. Uh, not enough to play. I mean, if you play 500 ball the rest of the way, uh, if you managed even to do that, again, you're still going to be, and when you think of, they're uh, what, nine, uh, 16 games under 500. So do the, do the math on that one. If they play 500 the rest of the way, you are still looking at, what, like a 65 when team 75, 81, yeah. Yeah, so, there, yeah, so 65 is already bad. <laughs> and that, no, so the, for everything to break right to go 500 the rest of the way would be a success. Are you buying them going 500 within this? No. So if you're saying even 10 games under 500, now you're at almost 25 games under 500. It's it's easy to do at this point. You've dug so, such a big hole. Am I buying them as having a historically bad season? Yes. I, yes, I am. Okay, over under 110 losses. You're mm. 52 and 110. I think I'm yes, I think I'm they go it. over that, right? Like I'm, they they're 115 in that, losses. Yeah, that it's it's historic. This could be one of the worst teams we ever see. That's said Detroit in my lifetime went 43 and 119. This team could make a legitimate run at that. That is how bad I think this could get. And we said they're going to tear it down. Well, this is 
Yeah, this is a whole that's, new level of it. That's right? that's the point. That even if Luis Castillo comes back and looks good, he's gone at the trade deadline. Yeah, you're not keeping him. So well, that as far as uh, win loss goes for this year, <laughs> there's a uh, uh, hope for a, a beautiful park, beautiful day to enjoy baseball and seeing other good teams come through because you're not going to see good baseball in Cincinnati otherwise. We're going to do the other negative right away here, and it was the big story of the of the week. And it does it involves a baseball player, so we're going to talk about it. So Trevor Bauer never pitches again in the Major League Baseball, right? He got a two-year suspension for violating the domestic abuse and sexual assault policy as deemed by Major League Baseball the next day or the day before the suspension was lift or handed out that we heard that there was a new woman from Columbus, Ohio, where he'd spent some minor league years who came forward saying he went beyond the agreed parameters of their relationship. He said that she's the one who got him into choking, and that she was very much into it. And we we know that all these things, right? We can talk all the weird kinks that Trevor Bauer has from here till the end of the city. He doesn't deny it, right? We've never heard him deny it, but he says it's all consensual and he has some written statements. It was all uh, investigated by the count court or whatever, and they found nothing wrong. But Major League Baseball is a business. They can, they can do whatever they want. You don't have to let anybody play for you. And here's what, we, here's what I'll say about this. Uh, First, we'll finish the baseball stuff. He, he's not getting time served. So right now, it's two years from this point forward. Trevor Bauer is 31 right now. He's not pitching till 2024. Do we think he pitches again under that current circumstance? Where I see this uh, ending up is he will win his... He's already said uh, he's going to appeal. He, he will win his appeal, but he'll never pitch again. Because no one will want him to pitch, right? Here's the deal. That's that's what it's going to come down to. He will be uh, he will be Colin Kaepernick, mm-hmm. uh, because of the 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 toxic football that he is with all the off the field stuff, uh, and uh, again, you keep going back to it. legally, he it could even pass the muster of being charged, let alone convicted, and, and that's not to slight or not to weigh in on anything. There's merely just talking about what the courts have decided, what the uh, prosecutors have decided and, and weighing the evidence and things there, it never got past uh, uh, a uh, uh, never got to never got to jury and never got to the no no charges even filed, and so that's where I have a hard time. There are some bad stories in Major League Baseball in the last number of years of things that have been done where they haven't gotten anywhere near the suspension level that is there. So again, the problem is the inconsistency of what is done and it shows you of just it shows your bias of how much you hate the guy and i think that's part of my problem and that's you know we're spot on on this one right like marcel azuna got charged for charging it for uh, assaulting his girlfriend i guess it was good girlfriend right not a wife but they said oh time served you're good to go this year and you know what okay then that's their choice it's fine you can do what you want Arales chapman did the same thing he's pitching every whatever time the yankees need him like Trevor Bauer, they don't like because he's outspoken and opinionated. And once again, just like they have the right to suspend him, he can say whatever he wants. It's free speech. Like, he doesn't like what any of these baseballs doing. He can say that. It doesn't mean they want to show that they are, like, super tough and they're like, well, Trevor Bauer's an ass. Like, so we're going to suspend him two years. They, they wanted to make an example out of him. They did. And this way, at least from a PR standpoint, they can say they did everything they could to keep him away. If you would ask them uh, with a gun to their head, do they believe that two-year suspension will stick? I think to a, to a person, they will say absolutely not. But at least they look good within this. So if if and when he does win, my full belief is it will be a one-year suspension counting time served, which means he would be eligible to come back by the All-Star break this year. That's what my gut says what is going to end up because you don't have precedent to do anything else other than that. He's already been away from the game for almost a, a full season from being away within it. You don't have any criminal charges to put on something to say, okay, this is where we can say as part of the policy, here's what's here. He's already served enough where they'll do a little bit more, so there's a few more games there. But I think after the All-Star break, he's going to be available to come back. Uh, the only thing that Major League Baseball can hope is that this appeal process takes forever, which baseball moves at the slowest of any uh, any sport within it. So would that surprise me that it's still August and we haven't heard a uh, the appeal uh, done yet? Possibly, but I think you're getting to the end of the patience level of what Bauer is going to do quietly. Uh, and this is going to be uh, a stain on the cloud around the game and more importantly, around a championship contending team 
like the Dodgers. As soon as this is done, they've been able to say nothing about it because it's under investigation, and so they're quiet about it. The minute he becomes eligible to pitch, I guarantee you with that team in those pockets, they will immediately put him on waivers. They will dump it. They will eat the money uh, and just to have him gone. And again, he'll be a free agent. Someone could sign him. You see any team actually take, uh, doing that? There's no good PR here. Uh, has he pitched his last inning in, in Major League Baseball? I'm, I'm, I'm now, I wasn't convinced initially. I am now. Yep, I agree. Oh, let's go to some positive stuff here. We did the, the historically bad and the sad stories. So, uh, the Mets. The Mets are now the team to beat in the NL East. So Step right up and meet the Mets. They just keep going here. And a lot of it's driven by the fact they're pitching, even without Jacob deGrom, looks awesome. Scherzer looks like a great fit in New York. Chris Bassett looks like a great fit in New York. And Francisco Lindor looks back to being Francisco Lindor after the booze that he heard last year and that took a little bit of time. But he looks resurgent, very best in the MLB, hitting 281, which today's day and age is great. Four homers, 14 RBIs, stole three bases. The Mets have been playing good ball. All of their free agent signings so far are coming up great. Starling Marte looks good. Marcana. They just cut Robinson Cano because they don't want him anymore. And But Steve Cohen is one of the few people on planet Earth who can absorb $40 million. But where are we at? Are we still feeling good about the Mets yet? I think the impressing uh, stat to me is as a leadoff hitter, Starling Marte is 18 RBI. He's second on the team. Uh, with it. That shows you the depth of from top to bottom, people are getting on base. Uh, Jeff McNeil uh, having a resurgent uh, year. He was a guy who can uh, 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 is a DJ LeMahieu light uh, who can contend for a, for a batting crown. He's back fully healthy. Uh, he's batting 360, uh, uh, 346 right now. Uh, and it's not just single power. At least he's not a, a big homer guy, but he's gap power. He's got seven, uh, 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 seven uh, doubles, second on the team. In that regard, a, a triple uh, to go with it. And again, 10 RBI himself, but a 7 to 11 walk to strikeout ratio. Good numbers across the board uh, for what you're looking to, to see there. The guys at the top that you're paying big bucks for are doing it. Your, your leadoff hitter that you sorely needed has been everything you've wanted him uh, to be. Uh, the, the batting average isn't there yet. That'll come around. Uh, but he's getting on base. He's producing runs. Everything that you'd want to be there. The offense has been good, uh, and there's an, enough people there to keep that keep that going around. Uh, the pitching, uh, yeah, we can talk about uh, uh, Max Money. Uh, we can talk about Chris Bassett, the great trades within it, Carlos Carrasco uh, finally being, being healthy. There's some good guys there, but Tyler McGill uh, is the early season surprise, uh, and he has pitched extremely well. He is 4-0 in his first five starts, a 1.93 ERA. Uh, he has uh, 28 innings pitched, only 18 hits, and 27 uh, strikeouts. He has been everything they would want to be from a, a nice sensation to add, the, again, its length. If there's one thing I would, a word I would use to describe the Mets from offense or, or pitching, it's length. They have the, the full depth where they can run out five guys. Yep. They can run out nine starters. You might get through uh, one through three, but then four through six or seven through nine. Uh, it is a buzzsaw. Uh, and they are producing well to start the year. Well, we we talked about like the White Sox and the Yankees, right? And having no depth, the, the Mets have depth, right? They're still waiting for possibly the biggest acquisition that anybody's going to get is if Jacob Degrom really comes back, right? If he comes back, this team has the best two pitchers maybe in baseball at the top if if they're healthy, like they're right up there, right? And flashback, like I loved Tyler McGill, and I thought you know this team's going to send him to the minors because it's going to be Degrom and Scherzer, Bassett, Carrasco, and Taiwan Walker, but. There's no way they're doing that anymore. Tyler McGill is is a fit. He's a fixture in that in that rotation now. When you get uh, and this is what the Dodgers ultimately did. Uh, when you have elite talent, and then you have guys that come up and and do better than expected, that's when you get dominant runs. And right now, for for how many years have we said the, the the for the Mets, the pieces are there, but but the the recipe's all wrong. Right now, the recipe couldn't be more right. Uh, and if, if they continue uh, this trajectory, you're looking at a 100-win team. So are we feeling it? Is, it? is this the new prediction? NL East, they holding it off? Where are we at? We are, they are currently, they're 16-8. and eight. Miami, my my wild card pick. Not, Philly was my pick to win, but wild, Miami looks good. I, I am a, 
because this team has had so many hexes on it, show me more than one month. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the recipe is looking good right now. But, man, I love the Marlins pitching staff, their rotation. How are you not drooling uh, over... Uh, over and they they still have a top prospect coming yet who's not couple even of there. Couple of uh, they have they have pitching for days, and again I, I watched what the the Rays have done for so many years. When you have that type of pitching, you can trade it for whatever you want. Uh, and so whatever offense isn't there yet, it will be uh, when you put a Pablo Lopez available for trade uh, within it. Who is the pitcher of the month? Well, we're gonna get to uh, okay. for that. So I, we we have uh, I love where the Marlins are and where they're going because of the the best pitching depth in Major League Baseball. Well, you just transitioned to my number two here. I, I, Should I'm, I'm we be worried about our NL... Carlos Rodon, still, probably... We both picked to win the NL Cy Young, but hold on. Is the one person we need to worry about Pablo Lopez? Because that's what I got here. Carlos Rodon, we should feel good, but Pablo Lopez, after a horrid spring training where there was rumors about shoulder injuries and a 10 ERA, even last night where he got babbipped to death and gave up four and runs, 28 innings were at five earned runs, a, what was, 1,012 ERA plus. That, that reminder, that scored an average year is 100. 1,012 going into last night's start. Lopez has been absolutely dominant. And it and just the Marlins as a whole, you mentioned some of the pitching they have, right? It's Pablo Lopez, Sandy Alcantara looks great. Lazardo, they've already fixed him. It didn't take long at all. Lazardo looks fixed. Trevor Rogers, after a slow start, the last two have looked like Trevor Rogers. And then you said, like, whether it's Elias or Hernandez, we don't. Who knows what's happening with Sixto Sanchez? They have Max Meyer, who looks absolutely dominant, who they just drafted last year, and then they have a 19-year-old named Yuri Perez, who yeah. like could be in the major leagues as a teenager. People think that's how good this team is. Like they are great at figuring they have out pitching. pitching for days, and they not only have their own, but then go and take a guy who was a cast off who looked lost, and now you turn him back into the premium prospect that that people thought he would be. Uh, within, I said, they have pitching for days. It is amazing to watch what they are doing there. Pablo Lopez, I have always been high on because I love pitchers who have elite changeups. Uh, in today's offense, when you have that changeup to go with, it just has to be a solid fastball. It doesn't have to be elite fastball. If you have an elite changeup, we've watched guys over the years, the those that have uh, Hall of Fame seasons, whether or not Hall of Fame careers, but Hall of Fame seasons from Johan Santana, Pedro Martinez, you watch the guys within it. When you have that changeup, you can make batters look completely foolish, and when they're timid on that changeup, they're not timing up the fastball. I love his combination. I thought he had a a higher ceiling than what he had shown to date. It had been shoulder issues that had kept him from showing it. As long as he stays healthy, is he in Cy Young contention this year? 100%. I think they have multiple guys. Like I think Sandy Alcantara can make a run at a Cy Young award someday, too. So I love the Marlins. I you said Cy Young contention. Like right now, our Rodon pick looks. I mean, if the season was done right now, Carlos Rodon wins it. Right? There's no real denying that. But Pablo Lopez, Carlos Rodon, Corbin Burns looks great again. Like there's going to be there's some good pitching happening right now in Major League Baseball. Let's give some credit to uh, uh, some executives as far as uh, moving things around. Uh, the Giants did not want to spend the 140 million bucks on on Kevin Gausman. Uh, you have the the Jays that look good with that. But the replacement in Carlos Rodon, they have not missed a beat. Uh, and uh, Kevin Gaussman wasn't the guy that was, uh, he wasn't Kevin Gaussman when he got there. Uh, Carlos Rodon had that level and had, I think, a higher ceiling shown than Gaussman to that point. But he is now putting it all together completely uh, with, with San Francisco, a clear cut Cy Young favorite uh, at this point. And yeah, excellent prediction uh, to date. Let's talk the Brewers last because it's still Milwaukee here. Are the Brewers a big four now? We've always talked about Burns and Woodruff and Peralta, but Eric Lauer, man. Eric Lauer, 23 innings this year, 34 strikeouts. His 36% K rate is now top four in all of Major League Baseball. He's only walked five guys, a 193 ERA, a .98 whip, and 249 FIP says it's not all that lucky. So you could say small sample size for sure, but it's not as small as you think. I can tell you, go back to last year, July 1st, since from July 1st to the end of the year, 74 innings. He struck out 70, 241 year eight. It was a 342 FIP. Now, he's throwing way more breaking pitches in exchange for his fastball, and suddenly all three of his pitches seem to be playing up. It's Here's what I'll say about Eric Lauer. He got forced to the big leagues really quickly with San Diego, and then this is the guy the Brewers got back for Trent Grisham along with Luis Urias. 
And the Brewers gave them Zach Davies. And, and they were deadpan for that because of the initial... Trent Grisham looked great, yep. right? And Luis Urias looked terrible the first year. And Luis Urias is back today. Thank goodness. About time they could use him. And Eric Lauer, you know, we talk about how good the Marlins are. The Brewers are low-key really good at developing pitching too, right? Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta. And it seems like they figured something out with Eric Lauer. And you put that as a big four. Adrian Howler is a more than serviceable number five starter. He has a 253 ERA this year after having a 322 last year. And that still leaves Aaron Ashby as your six starter swingman thing. Like the Brewers, after a slow start, last time we talked, they were after a slow start. The Brewers are figuring it out, and Lauer's a big part of it. If we would have said uh, the Brewers transitioning from a big three to a big four, would I have believed it? 100%. But the preseason would have been pick Aaron would have been Aaron Ashby. Yeah. Exactly. It was, it's a different guy who is now stepping up. Uh, and that is uh, extremely intriguing. And you can point it. You can fully point it. If something happens as your things continue, you can point to the light bulb game. Six innings, 12 strikeouts, two starts ago. It was flat out dominant. He followed it up with not quite as many strikeouts, but not off by much. Uh, it was still another elite swing and miss game. Uh, it was a, a very good start, uh, and now he's done back-to-back. I'm, I'm ready to see what his third one is, uh, and very, uh, very intrigued uh, with what he is producing because if now he's ready to take a big step forward, uh, big threes get you to the playoffs, big fours can win in playoffs. Uh, and what it... what what Milwaukee has right now is the luxury to get the hitting figured out. They don't need the hitting firing on all cylinders if you have your pitchers doing well. Now, again, we've seen the frustration. Uh, big strikeout game, big game by Corbin Burns, no run support, lost there. There's going to be that struggle early on. I think they will get the hitting figured out, but the pitching that they have right now and the starting pitching that's going on gives you time uh, to get it there. And as you look at the headlines from the their uh, their main website page, you have Adamus earning Player of the Week. You have a Hater earning the, uh, his fourth Reliever of the Month honor. Uh, you have things that are going on and taking place. There's a lot of elite talent happening. And when you can pull it all together, that's very, very exciting. There's no reason for Brewers fans not to be optimistic and keep that big picture in mind when you're going through the, the scuffles. of It's hard watching bad hitting. Nothing frustrates me more than watching bad hitting on TV uh, it, because you see it like nine players in a row. Bad and it, defense. It, it drives you nuts uh, within it. So, yes, there are still things to be worked out. But look and see the key things early on. What are the things that you can bank on that are going to stay? Do you really think the hitting is going to be this bad all the way across? I'm not betting on that. I'm not saying they're going to be a top five offense, uh, but I'm not betting on, on some of these early season struggles. I already know what the big three. If it's now, if that's now a big four, and how do you go on long winning streaks? And I always say this: this is this is the key that I, I'm waiting on. Like for as as a Rays fan, I look at it like you need to have five starting pitchers that can at least be solid. That can give you five or six solid innings and give you a chance offensively and across the board. If you don't have that, how are you ever going to get on those longer winning streaks? Because someone's always going to be a, a, a mess the armor, mess everything up. The consistency. The Brewers have that. Uh, here's here's one I'll throw it back at you from an NL standpoint. Who do you think in the NL has the longest winning streak? Which team are you going to put that on? Money's Dodgers. Yeah. Uh, that's always number one. Brewers are my second pick because yeah. of the pitching. Yeah, yeah. You need, like you said, you need a, you need somebody who can. You need five good starters, right? You need five good starters. The Dodgers have a ton. If I can add one more knee-jerk reaction to everything from before, the hot takes within it, the Brewers will have a double-digit win streak this year. I would bank on that. Yeah, yeah. They, they certainly could roll it off. They, they're looking pretty good right now, and they they get to go play the Reds for three games, and we already talked about. That should be pretty good. Want to make, make you feel good about yourself? Uh, go, go, go to Cincinnati. Any, any baseball player, if you want to feel good about yourself, Cincinnati is your home. Here's my, here's my bonus hot take. Uh, Major League Baseball should have played 150 games instead of 162 with all these stupid one-game series. Uh, the Brewers went from Philadelphia back to Milwaukee for one game against the Giants and then had to fly back to Pittsburgh. I've seen other teams where they all these Monday games, and now it's one-game series. It's dumb. Baseball should have just canceled that and played 155 or 150 games. That's my my bonus one there. 
with that, we will look forward to uh, uh, next week. We'll come back and uh, look more at uh, what are what are these? Uh, what's becoming reality? What's the uh, let's flash warning signs and and heaters next week? So uh, where is the radar going off? Uh, and and where are the heaters that uh, that we're really liking? So coming up uh, next week, we'll talk to you then.